Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Biohacking Beauty Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of biohacking, wellness, and its connection to skin, health, and appearance. And today, we are in for a treat because we have the amazing Anastasia Khojaeva back here on the podcast. I forgot to say, my name is Amitai. I am the co-founder and CEO of Young Goose, the world's first biohacking skincare company. And Anastasia Khojaeva is my partner, the president of Young Goose, the chief scientific officer, really the person that I, you know, that I believe I know that Young Goose is really made in her image, quite literally. And most of what you, if you like Young Goose, you like Anastasia, let me tell you. Anastasia returns to the podcast because we did an episode together about the amplifying essence. This was the amount of positive feedback we got was really overwhelming, which made an impact. So we managed to get Anastasia here again. So welcome, Anastasia. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for such a warm welcome back. And to anyone who left the sweet message about my appearance on the previous podcast, thank you. You gave me the courage to come back. So now I'm here and I'm really ho hoping that you're going to enjoy this episode even more. Yeah, me too. I mean, in a lot of the comments we got from people maybe who, I don't know how, but they didn't uh, watch you before or, or see well, how you look. Well, a lot of people, um, I, and some, this is something that I've been told um, at the in-person events that we attend. So a lot of the times they've seen me on social media because I'm kind of all over Yangu's content. I show skincare routines. I sometimes talk about product. But what they didn't know is that I'm one of the co-founders. So now they kind of like put the, I don't know, the name to the picture, picture to the name, face to the name. And um, yeah, that's that's why I think. They put a lot of things to the name. Anyway, so <laughs> a lot of the questions that we got are like, okay, so how do I get a skin like Anastasia? Mm. And that's, that's what made us choose the subject of today's episode, which is a building block to getting that. Like it's, it's a, it's a non-negotiable. Non yeah, I, I'm super excited to be here for such an important episode since we do get a lot of questions about retinol. And uh, we get also, right now, it's, uh, it's kind of a hot topic. You know, there are so many misconceptions and myths about retinol. So I'm super excited to shed some light. Yeah, and I think maybe to shed or to lead up to it, the reason we got so interested in retinol is because came out with our first product, which was Care, which which was based on, it was a stack, it was a sirtuin activating compound, right? Mm -hmm. It was a way to enrich the skin, load up the skin with NAD, and then have the skin use this NAD for good, for longevity and anti-aging. But what we learned is that even if the skin behaves 20 years younger than its, you know, chronological age, it doesn't mean you look younger per se. It might, but these are not the results people were looking for when they think of 20 years younger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of what we call Young Goose 2.0, which was like, okay, now what, what are we, how do we create more formulations that are piggybacking off of that youthful behavior and making sure that you, the consumer, is getting the results that they deserve and, and want was to find those molecules that then create meaningful stimulation in the skin for renewal. And um, 
that's how we came about retinol. Yeah. Even, even back then, retinol was very, really vilified, I would say. Yeah, and it actually was the, the, the very first serum that we have launched. Mm-hmm. Right now, we already have five serums under our belt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the reason we went for retinol first and foremost, it's because it's the OG of biohacking, and we'll explain why. Mm-hmm. And definitely also the most research-backed. And uh, when used correctly, the correct formulation it has just the most incredible benefits and it pairs so nicely with the moisturizer, with the NAD boosting moisturizer, because it does create the demand for repair and regeneration. And, and then it, that can be fueled by NAD. Yeah. And with great power comes great, comes great <laughs> responsibility. Yeah. Spider-Man and retinol. Yes. So both of them, by the way, have superpowers. We're going to talk about Retinol That's today. Perfect. I'm yeah. sorry to disappoint everyone that was now excited for us to talk about Spider-Man, but um, <laughs> definitely retinol is an amazing compound. So let's dive a little bit into, you know, what is retinol and how it works in the skin. So what is retinol? You know, yeah. maybe some people don't even know what it is. For sure. So retinol is a chemical analog of retinoic acid and retinoic acid is the active molecule of vitamin A. So that's the molecule which is retinoic acid, that's being released by your body in response to the demand of cellular turnover. So whenever your body knows that we got to renew cells, stems from vitamin A, and the retinoic acid will be the compound that the body is using. So the retinol is the chemical analog of it. And we'll talk about what it means. Yeah, so just to, you know, talk a little bit about what is an analog? So and we do use this word a lot. I think we're going to probably use it in, in a very small part in kind of the latest part of this podcast. But an analog means a compound that the body turns or that turns into whatever it's an analog for. So we're basically talking about a way to get more retinoic acid into the, into yeah, the body. For sure. It, basically, retinol and retinoic acid will have very similar molecular structure and in case of retinol, that is the, the precursor of yeah, retinoic acid. Exactly. Yeah, fantastic. So within that discussion, maybe we should talk about cellular turnover. What does it mean? What does turnover mean? Good, bad, ugly. <laughs> For sure. So I do think that it's a sentence that's uh, been used quite often in skincare, you know, and, and cellular pathways. So people usually want cellular turnover. Why? Because that means that we renew your cells. And especially for the skin, but also for other organs, you kind of want new, fresh cells. So when we think about our skin, the, the upper layer of the skin has been exposed to all of the environmental aggressors, and then once it's replaced by newer cells, they haven't been exposed to those aggressors, so that's already better. And also, speaking of young versus older, uh, when we're young, we have that renewal process just like automated, it's on time, it's about 30 days. When we we talk about skin cells, it's different for different organs. It's also opposite in human beings. When you're young, you're never never on time for anything. older keep time more yeah you're a little more functional <laughs> but uh, but then unfortunately as we age we start to get delays in, in that uh, automation so the cells start to, to renew much later and uh, there are some 
faulty renewal that happened. Like it's not as perfect as it used to be. So some mistakes have been, uh, you know, happen. So yeah, that's one of the reasons we, we want Celery turnover. Yeah. And I think something that we should mention, just because we're going to touch on it a little bit later on, is the fact that the way that this happens, this renewal happens, is kind of bottom up. So the reason we want a molecule that penetrates deeply into the skin and the reason we are going to explain how it like a relief wrinkles or pigmentation or things like that is because what happens is that retinol or retinoic acid, whatever that is, penetrates all the way down to the layer where our skin stem cells reside, basal cells they're called. And that's a little bit different than if we had a podcast about like stem cells that people injected and stuff like that. These stem cells really know how to be mm-hmm. skin cells. So they're just kind of, you know, waiting their turn become skin cells. So it penetrates to that layer, it kind of activates them. And then you get basically uh, like a chain reaction, which at the end, you kind of release the top layer of the skin. And we're going to touch more, we don't want to kind of jump the gun here. But this is this is the way that retinol works to, to renew the skin in a way where we're going, you know, let's create a new skin at the bottom or, or you know, the basemost layer of the skin. And uh, we're going to push everything further along. Yeah. So that's, that's something um, that we can see there. So let's talk a little bit about, unless you have anything else to say about that? No. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the effects on the skin. What does it mean? Like what does retinol do? Good. Again, what does the skin do to, um, we talked about like cellular turnover, but let's talk a little bit about rejuvenation. Like what are the results that we can get with retinol? Absolutely. So another claim to fame for retinol is collagen production. Mm -hmm. So that's another big one there. And so what does, you know, why is collagen important? Why does it work? So in case of retinol, it does help use that collagen. We're going to talk about molecules that, you know, help store collagen, but retinol is really that uh, ingredient that just makes use of your collagen. So it goes ahead and firms your skin. It thickens your skin, which unfortunately, as we age, we start to have thinner, looser skin. Uh, Speaking of skin laxity, it also helps utilize elastin. So elastin, that's exactly where the stretchness of your skin, like, you know, it's just going to be more firm, you know, going to restore some of that elasticity that's been lost with aging And then another big one is that it really helps even out skin tone. So it helps pigmentation. So age spots, sunspots, hyperpigmentation, all of that is getting brightened with the the consistent use of retinol. And uh, last but not least, it is also very effective for acne. Uh, Some people may not know, but it was actually first researched and developed in 1930s for acne. So it was first launched for acne patients. And then researchers discovered that it has amazing anti-aging benefits. And now it's more of an anti-aging molecule, but nonetheless, it does help acne patients. It's amazing how many like uh, modern vanity products, or uh, let's call it like uh, beauty-related products, started with adolescents and kids and then we didn't know about their benefits until later on like botox as well botox was a uh, ocular surgery basically like a muscle relaxant uh, that well, that was used on kids mm-hmm. so no one knew it like elsewhere with wrinkles for a long time because obviously kids don't have wrinkles 
that's just a little tangent. Yeah. But uh, uh, before I go into some of the more, I would say, more non-beauty related benefits, we should also mention hyaluronic acid. For sure. Yeah. Does help, you know, restore and utilize hyaluronic acid. So naturally your body produces hyaluronic acid and that's the molecule that helps to hold on to moisture in your skin. So therefore, um, on the contrary of, you know, of some people, speaking of myths that we're going to get to, but some people are afraid that retinol might dehydrate your skin when used correctly in the proper formulation, it actually helps restore hydration, believe it or not. Yeah. And before, again, before I get into some of the more, I would say less, you know, appealing, but still important benefits of, of uh, retinol, I would say this as far as like um, its benefits, its um, maybe adverse uh, reactions people get, can get, etc. Retinol is one of the OG biohacks. And when I say that, you know, Dave Asprey, you know, kind of coined the term biohacking is the art and science of changing the biology or the environment around us and within us in order to affect our biology. And a lot of what it means, it means that we are we're looking at how the body does things, how it reacts to things in the environment, and we distill only the good mm -hmm. signals that the body reacts to, and then we are trying to reap only the rewards without the drawbacks. So a few examples, obviously, like ice baths, we're looking at, okay, obviously hypothermia is not good for you, but we can signal to the body hypothermia without getting into hyperthermia. Infrared sauna or saunas in general, obviously we had Robbie Besner from uh, Therasage on the podcast talking about descending testicles for, and becoming viral. Mm -hmm. So that's as far as sauna. Again, we're not promoting heat stroke, but, but that's benefiting people. We can talk about you know, red light therapy and mimicking only the signals for renewal that come in sunlight without the UV, obviously. And that goes on and on and on. I mean, peptides are like that. Most peptides are signals for that are innate to the body. That's, you know, a lot of the controversy around peptides is the that they cannot be patented, etc. So there are a lot of things there where we're looking at a signal and we're trying to distill only the good and kind of relinquish the bad. For sure, for sure. And with retinol, very similar to how you were saying it, you're not necessarily giving the body what it's starting to produce last. You actually restore that signal mm -hmm. because retinol being that chemical analog of retinoic acid, it restores the retinoid storage that mm -hmm. is being lost with time, with aging, and then it makes your skin release the actual retinoic acid yeah. and go ahead and turn on those processes that retinoic acid is responsible for, such as, as we spoke, you know, cellular renewal, maintenance of that, you know, collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid, which is actually, um, it's kind of our triangle of beauty. Yeah. So a lot of the times we talk less about it in cosmetics, but when, if, you know, some estheticians and cosmetologists are listening to us, that's talked about a lot. So basically when we're young, we have the triangle pointing up, Right, so we have yeah. high cheekbones. We don't have nasal labial folds. Everything is tight and the nice. The jowls, also people, you know, refer yeah, to the uh, descending of the jowls. Exactly, and then the triangle reverses, right? So that's when we get those jowls, the the nasal labial folds. Everything is starting to come down. So, if you had, you know, proper retinoid acid pools stored, the body could always use that, you know, your na natural vitamin A 
compound to mm -hmm. signal for maintenance of the collagen, elastin, hyaluronic acid, and cellular turnover. So yes. by using retinol topically, you're just simulating something that your body naturally does when it's young. Correct. So now I'm going to just mention a few of the benefits that definitely still pertain to beauty and to youthful appearance, but I think it goes more than that. So obviously the first thing, and that's why a lot of the time we're messaging, you know, this product shouldn't only be used on the body, on the face. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it should be used on the body as well, but obviously everything within a budget, etc. But talking about what retinol does long-term if used correctly in the, uh, as we call it, the Spider-Man method, is that retinol will provide a thickening of the stratum corneum. stratum corneum, which is the outside layer of the skin, which means our skin is actually thickening over time, which, is, which counteracts what happens normally. So if you think of an elderly person, they obviously bruise more, they can get injured and have uh, you know, their, their skin pried open much easier. And not only that, but the actual volume, you know, so when we talk about the face, facial volume lowers with age and, and retinol has been shown to maintain that facial volume if used over time. So obviously we're talking here about beauty, but there's much more than that, that this ingredient really, in my opinion, is one of the OG longevity ingredients that we can use. Aside from everything I just said, retinol also has been shown to eliminate senescent cells in the brain, okay, when taken orally. But the mechanism also applies to any cells that, you know, it interacts with. So even though studies, you know, we're going to talk about senolytic studies later on, it's very difficult to measure. It's very costly. And we did it once and we're not going to do it again. So the mechanism can be applied here as well. So we can definitely look at it as a longevity molecule when used correctly. But yeah, definitely, again, uh, tighter skin, less wrinkles, more even pigment. And we are going to basically, I would like to cover, you know, different types of, of retinols. And maybe I'll start by explaining that, as you mentioned before, retinoic acid, or what people would know as tretinoin, so the prescription, ver it's just the same, retinoic acid and tretinoins, uh, tretinoin are the same thing. Mm -hmm. That is the active version of vitamin A in the skin. So what is expressed? When we say the body stores it, it stores it as esters. It stores it as slightly non-active version, which then obviously it, it converts back to an active version when it needs to use it. So there is a back and forth there. So that's just to explain that you wouldn't necessarily want to use tretinoin or retinoic acid all the time to replenish those reservoirs. That's kind of irrelevant as far as what we're talking about here, because you that's not how your body keeps it. There, there's also obviously a um, retinaldehyde and retinyl palmitate, which are two versions that are kind of one step or two step farther along, just a little bit before. They're also analogs. They're a little bit before retinoic acid. They're also a little bit aggressive. They're less aggressive than tretinoin. And then we have retinol, which really is um, the most gentle molecule. And, we're, and, and I would like you to talk about that. But the most gentle molecule within that group, when we're talking about, you know, replenishing vitamin A reservoirs in the skin, for the skin to use, in, again, in a natural process and not like bombarding it with 
with uh, retinoic acid. So I think to start yeah. this discussion, I would say that <laughs> science shows that they all, long-term, they all, they all have the same results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, short-term, we talk about it, but long-term, what, what we're interested in is the accumulation or the replenishment of vitamin A rather than the impact at one time. It's like, it's like uh, going to the gym, talking to a, like a trainer and saying, well, I want to lift the heaviest weight I can today. They're going to be like, well, you haven't trained before and you're going to get sword for, sore for sword. You're going to get a sword. <laughs> it's a free, so we give you a gift for lifting a lot of weight. No, but you're going to get sore for a very lengthy period of time and you're not going to get gains because you're going to be sore for a while. You're not going to train, then you're going to train again. So what we're looking at here is where do we find a balance of least amount of damage with the greatest amount of results? For sure, for sure. And the sweet spot, the sweet molecule that will give us that will be all trans retinol. So all trans retinol is a chemical analog of tretinoin. So I have nothing bad to say about the efficacy of tretinoin, which is actually a prescription only. And uh, it, it's, it's very efficacious for everything we talked about before for, you know, the claim to fame of retinoids. However, when we talk about retinaldehyde, retin, tretinoin, all of those forms, we really, where we get into the negative side effects that are mm -hmm. often associated with use of retinoids. It is very aggressive. It is very strong. And the people that can tolerate uh, tretinoin and those other forms we talked about, there are very far and few between. When it comes to all trans retinol, I really say that it's you, you get the benefits of tretinoin without it being tretinoin. So you, you get a beautiful skin penetration where the product goes deep without disrupting skin barrier function, which is what is commonly associated with retinoid uh, use. If, yeah, if you, what is called retinoid dermatitis. Exactly. So with all other forms except all transretinol, unfortunately, you're running the risk, and it's a very high risk. Uh, you're m more than likely to develop retinoid dermatitis, which presents itself as redness, flaking of the skin. Now, it is temporary, right? It's the way your skin adapts to this active ingredient. And if you've ever used any of those old forms and you push through, you know that it subsides. But it can be very challenging and difficult. So imagine you could use you could get all the benefits of retinol we talked about before without suffering. So that's where all trans retinol comes in. So it is much, much less likely to have that retinoid dermatitis. And do you, do you want to talk about our formulation here now or not yet? Um, uh, yeah. So we talked about like the drawbacks of strong mm -hmm. retinols. Mm -hmm. um, one of the drawbacks is until they get to the to the you know to their end goal, which is that basal layer. Mm -hmm. they dis they come in like a wrecking ball. You know, yeah. I think the song is actually about retinoin. Mm -hmm. For uh, sure. Yeah. And, and it's not only that, yeah, that it like a wrecks, that wrecks your skin barrier. The old trans retinol is also the most stable of all other forms. So it penetrates the skin better while remaining stable, mm -hmm. which, is a, which is a big thing. Yeah, it's far less irritating than all other forms we talked about while providing similar results. Yeah. And it helps to preserve the barrier function. Yeah. 
Another thing, just getting, and that's, you know, if you want to go into a rabbit hole about it, guys, anyone, guys, girls, anyone who's listening, ultrast retinol is actually impervious to the scavenging enzyme of uh, retinoic acid. So because retinoic acid is what your body makes normally, first of all, you build resistance to it faster, but also, I mean, bad resistance, like it doesn't do its, yeah, its yeah. benefits. Yeah, long-term use of retinoic acid can lead to tolerance. Yeah, but what I want to say is that there is, a, there is an enzyme group. It's called cytochrome P450. Mm-hmm. And these are enzymes that their job is basically to kind of break down retinoic acid. So what happens is that, again, we have these esters that are being released and they become retinoic acid and the body needs to kind of break them down so they don't stick around and cause too much cellular turnover Mm -hmm. because you're going to deplete eventually your stem cells, the skin stem cells, and you're going to start to create like, you know, some other problems. Yeah, it's a homeostasis mechanism. Exactly. There's a balance there, right? So retinol, actually, all trans retinol isn't recognized by these enzymes. So they actually kind of, um, it's almost like uh, in all the movies where you have like a someone uh, stealing some, uh, you know, maybe it's Star Wars and they stole like uh, stormtrooper uniforms and then they go, you know, it takes a real, really long time until someone discovers them. That's kind of what happens with, uh, with all trans retinol where it is a much easier to kind of utilize and we're not getting, we're not getting bogged down with, with all these checks and balances that normally, I mean, tretinoin or retinoic acid is, is associated with. For sure, for sure. It, it, it's, it's a foolproof system. As long as yeah. you use it, it's going to work. Your body does not build tolerance to it. and Which means that at some point, if you were to use treadnoin, one of the downsides of it is that your body might get used to it and, and it just no longer works. Yeah. So it doesn't work like that. That's, that's the way like, most of the things that are trying to give the body what the body produces anyway we're going to see that anything from like anabolic steroids, actually all steroids for, for athletes or for pain or things like that, to obviously pain medication that are like opiates and stuff like that, that mimic what, you know, the body does. So in all of those cases, and obviously other growth hormone, I mean, but even like peptides like GHKCU, like over, you know, 3%, what we're going to get is like resistance after a while. Uh, so we're, what we call in layman's terms, we, we or in, in bro science, we call it burning the receptors, right? So you're going to burning, burn out your receptors. So having said that, a few other things that will happen is we're running the risk if we're using like over 0.5%, which we're going to be talking about here, we are running the risk of creating an adverse effect as far as skin thickness and a skin barrier integrity. So we're actually causing more harm than good. So these are the, the kind of the parameters, especially like from the majority of the population, like saying within those 0.5% all trans retinol, which we're going to talk about. I don't want to jump the gun again, but we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it. And there is a way that we dis- you know, discovered, developed to mitigate a lot of the effects that all types of vitamin A have if we want to kind of push the envelope and use them in a more regenerative way. Because what we wanted to do is say, okay, how do we, we have this molecule that's the most, the easiest kind of molecule to work with from all the vitamin A's, but then we want to find a way to push the envelope, to load the, the, the cell, skin cells as much as possible with that vitamin A, but still prevent retinal dermatitis. 
And what we discovered is that mitigating a lot of those negative effects can come with biomimetic lipids or lipid re replenishment. Started a whole different adventure in the Yangus saga, which is lipid replenishment or biomimetic lipids. So maybe we should talk a little bit about the role of biomimetic phospholipids and glycolipids in uh, skin barrier function, etc. For sure, for sure. Well, uh, you kind of said most most <laughs> of it, but uh, for anyone that uh, hears biomimetic lipids and is unsure what it is, so the, these are actual glycolipids and phospholipids that mimic the exact the same lipids that are used to build your skin barrier. So they're identical. Your body recognizes this as your own um, lipids. And so when you apply this ingredient, the body just knows what to do with it. And, uh, you know, in general, our skin barrier does get compromised. It can get compromised by so many things, the change of weather, water. Um, there is just so many toxins and, and, and other environmental aggressors. EMF. EMF, uh, heavy metals that bombards our skin. So when when you do have, you know, when they penetrate, when they actually succeed at uh, disturbing your skin barrier, there it's just like it's the skin barrier is like brick and mortar, and there are just you end up having gaps, and that that's when you can develop leaky skin, which uh, I mean I was the pioneer of talking about, and and there is a whole episode on leaky skin if you scroll way you know, a couple of uh, scrolls back. But leaky skin is something that when you start to have those gaps in skin barrier, you can allow microbes in, you know, uh, just poor balance of your skin microbiome, etc. So the the biomimetic lipids is an amazing defense against that. It just, the body just fills up those gaps and keeps your skin barrier intact. Now going to our topic of today, speaking of retinol, as you realized, unfortunately, sometimes it might compromise your skin barrier a little. So we incorporated those biomimetic lipids inside our retinol formulation, which our retinol is called bioretinol, and that helps to mitigate the potential skin barrier disruption, keeping the skin barrier intact, fully functioning, no leaky skin. Most people can incorporate this product without getting red and sensitive and peeling. Yeah. And again, of course, Anastasia speaks from the cautious point of view, which uh, that's why Yangus <laughs> is alive because we have Anastasia. But for a maverick such as myself or someone who likes novelty and to push the envelope, what it allows, it allows way, way, way more room for error. We can really push the envelope. We can really find out how much retinol our skin can or use of retinol our skin can handle without a lot of repercussions so well the, the best vitamin a your skin can use is the vitamin a that's been used nightly because actually your body only holds on to that retinoic acid or retinol so when we supply retinol i want to remind people that it gets converted into retinoic acid for only 24 hours mm -hmm. And you do want to continuously feed your dermal layer this ingredient so it continuously utilizes collagen, elastin, hyaluronic acid the way that it should, gives you cellular turnover, rapid, so you get that fresh layer of cells. And that's why the formulation is the way it is. And the, another reason, um, another way we, we really maintain that formulation 
as gentle as possible is using 0.5%. Now, some mm-hmm. people sometimes reach out to us and they're like, hey, will you ever develop 1%? Or, and honestly, 1% is that the type of percentage that you can run the risk of irritation and have that retinoid dermatitis. But 0.5% with all transretinol has the clinical data of giving amazing skin benefits while staying gentle for your skin. Yes. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare products and our special offer for podcast listeners only. Our products provide you with skin regenerative therapy that corrects the cellular damage that has accumulated over time and aims to lower the functional age of the skin. If you're a first-time Young Goose customer, we are offering the listeners of this podcast 20% off their first order by using the promo code PODCAST20 during checkout. If you are a long-time user, and have already tried our products, we highly appreciate you coming back, coming back to this podcast and listening to us, and also coming back and using our products. And we would like to offer you 10% off with the promo code PODCAST10. You know, closing the door on the importance of like lipid replenishment, we have two things that we want to look at. One is obviously what we talked about is like skin barrier function, but towards the outside. But there's also like skin barrier function towards the inside. What I mean by that is we, there is actually something called transepidermal water loss, which means that your skin loses water on a regular basis. We're not talking about sweating here uh, from sweat glands. We're talking about evaporation. And that is something that that's how pe- most people will feel like they have dry skin or something like that. That's a function of that transepidermal water loss. And the better our skin barrier functions, the less we're going to have that. That's why people, you know, come to us and they say, uh, you know, I have, you know, whatever. I have uh, dry skin or I live in the desert or whatever that is. And I want something that hydrates me. Even though we do have the adaptogenic HA firming boost, which is a gr- which is a great option also for a lot of other things like uh, skin appearance, etc. We normally like to start them with our biobarrier, which is the same uh, biomimetic lipids that we have here. And the reason is, is because first and foremost, we want to solve this this transepidermal water loss. So this is obviously even more important when we're talking about retinol, which can damage the skin protective layers, can damage the skin barrier and cause leaky skin and have tra- increased transepidermal water loss. So just kind of closing that subject, we are solving the big issues around retinol, both, you know, making it like peel, itchy, sensitive, red, but also solving the drying aspect of, of retinol that actually comes from, from kind of the inside out. Let's talk about the unique approach we have with bioretinol as far as how we see it as a product. Because we kind of mentioned it a few times, like, oh, we wanted to, you to use it nightly. We want this, we want that. We covered like combining 0.5% all transretinol and biomimetic lipids for that optimal result. But we want to also talk about like what we saw in clinical data, what we, you know, we sure. published a study on mm-hmm. the fact that it doesn't damage your skin layer, it doesn't cause retinal dermatitis. But part of that research, when you do a research, 
which is for safety, there's also an efficacy part which you can do. So maybe we we'll go over that data a little bit. For sure, for sure. I have it right here. <clears throat> so for Yangu's bioretinol serum, here's the clinical data. So we ran the, the study for 12 weeks and we ran the study not in our own lab. It's a third party testing facility. Mm -hmm. And they were really blown away by the results. So 100% of users noticed a decrease in the length and depth of lines and wrinkles. 100% of users experienced an increase in skin luminosity. 90% of users saw an evening <laughs> of skin tone and lessening of age spots. And 100% of users noted an increase in skin firmness. And what's also amazing is that over like 40%, uh, close to 60% of people already saw results as quick as four weeks, which if you think about it, skin cycle is only 30 days. And then, you know, as, the, as time progressed, that's where we got those numbers by the 12-week mark. Mm -hmm. So as with everything, you, you get results with consistent use, but definitely these particular results are pretty amazing. And again, this was also confirmed that people did not experience retinoid dermatitis. Yeah. Now, I will say that, again, I'm somebody cautious, so I always like to, to start people on our bioretinol low and slow. So when you start introducing this product, it's a good idea to do it just twice a week for the first week and see how your skin reacts because then again, sometimes you, you may have already compromised skin barriers, so you might react to the product. So let's just start slow, two times a week for the first week. Now, if everything is great, you know, your skin is not red, not sensitive, no peeling. Next week, you add it one more time. So you do it three times a week. And then we see how your skin feels. And, you know, the important thing that you uh, build on slowly. And let's say you're somebody that um, encountered a redness and sensitivity. That is indeed like an anticipated reaction for retinal product. And that reaction might last between two to six weeks. And, and that's uh, when skin retinizes. So it's acclimating to the product. So to help ease the anticipated reaction, we recommend you to pair the bioretinol with products such as BioBarrier that Amitai talked about it earlier. So that's something that's going to maintain and keep in check your skin barrier function. If you have our leptogenic hyaluronic acid, that's also a great product to maintain that hydration. And then there's also a sandwich technique. So if and after Lord Sandwich, I'm going to say. Lord yes. Sandwich or near retinol. For sure. So if you, let's say you're somebody who only have our retinol and our NAD moisturizer, you can still help alleviate uh, and push through this retinization period by first applying a layer of care moisturizer, then applying the retinol on top, and then applying care moisturizer again. So you sandwich the retinol in between the NAD boosting moisturizer, and that should help alleviate the, the sensitizing of the product. Yep, indeed. To summarize it, I do want to summarize it a little bit and, and kind of give uh, people an idea what what retinol does, mm -hmm. and especially bioretinol, the way that we that we look at it. So first and foremost, we're looking at cell turnover and exfoliation, right? First, we're we're looking at skin renewal, but it also inhibits melanin. It also inhibits the pigment. Yeah. So it's it's basically a, a it 
reduces the activity of tyrosinase, uh, which is the enzyme responsible for uh, converting tyrosine to melanin. We have that going on. It also helps with distribution of melanin, which I think is important because there is more cellular turnover. More even, especially for people that had acne before. Correct. Anti-inflammatory effects. So something that also... Obviously, it's, it's good for longevity. It's good for the overall health of the skin. But talking about pigmentation, a lot of pigmentation is what we call PIH, which is uh, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And PIH is caused, again, by inflammation. So by using retinol, and, and retinol has some anti-inflammatory effects, we really can also mitigate a lot of that PIH, which, by the way, PIH is, is one of the, you mentioned before, uh, I mean, uh, pigmentation due to uh, acne. So a lot of that, Pigmentation to acne is pH. So last but not least is that collagen, increase in collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid production. Especially we're going to talk about collagen in a second. But all of those, what I love about bioretinol is the way that we can improve other treatments with bioretinol. So microneedling, you know, radiofrequency, anything that really relies on, you know, cellular turnover, like things that, that need cellular turnover to become successful that stimulate cellular turnover, they need retinol in order for them to, you know, get results here. So retinol is super important for that. I'm talking about retinol long, long-term when we loaded your skin cells with that vitamin A, with that retin elastase. That is how you're going to get the best results from other treatments that are stimulatory. For sure. And shout out to Dara. That shout you, out. That she just recently posted. And so she, Dara is our master esthetician and she also... Uh, co-owns an, an amazing hyper wellness space Na- in, in wellness. Napo Wellness um, in no Hawaii. No, but Dara often shares different rituals, uh, skincare rituals with Yangus products that we then repost to our page. So sometimes you can see self-care Sundays by her. And recently she was doing a microneedling session and she incorporated some biohacking modalities, things like Happy Berg chamber and you know chewing on metal in blue so it's 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 a really next level micro demobrasion uh micro needling session but she did use uh youngus products uh before and after the session and retinol was one of the products she used to improve the results increase the results indeed and i think it's a good segue i don't want to spend a lot this is not a this is not a podcast about vitamin c Mm -hmm. but we're going to make it a little bit podcast about vitamin c because Okay. A lot of the, I would say a lot of the benefits that we expect to get from retinol, they kind of need vitamin C. For sure. Um, especially when we talk about collagen production. So vitamin C is actually a coenzyme that is very, very, very important for collagen production. So coenzyme means it helps enzymes. <laughs> and in order to create collagen, we need vitamin C. That is, by, by the way, why scurvy you know, scurvy is um, a disease that was prevalent in seagoers because they were a long time, and they solved it by having lemons and stuff. Um, but um, scurvy is basically that lack of collagen, and you, your body starts falling apart. So, for sure. So, when we talk about using retinol and incorporating it into your skincare routine, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it better together mm-hmm. with uh, vitamin C and SPF, and we'll talk about each one of those. So uh, we actually put a poll on Instagram 
maybe like two weeks ago, uh, leading up to this episode, um, like, hey, are you using retinol currently in your routine? If not, why? And the most frequent feedback that we received was that I've heard it's thinning out the skin. I've heard it's drying out the skin. I've heard it's not good long term, mm -hmm. etc. So this is the moment to address all of those myths and concerns. So yes, you can indeed thin out your skin and deplete some of these retinoid pools and retinoid reservoirs we kind of touched on earlier if you don't use vitamin C in conjunction with your retinol. So vitamin C will be that catalyst that loads your dermal layer with collagen and elastin and hyaluronic acid that retinol then goes and uses. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, the simple way to put it, but that's exactly how those two ingredients work together. They, they need each other. I mean, especially like retinol needs vitamin C. Exactly. So vitamin C can be used morning and night and, and, and for amazing benefits. And it actually doesn't need retinol, you know, but the retinol does give you more dramatic effects and, and faster actually like effects when used together with vitamin C. So there is a benefit of using them together. Now, there are different kinds mm -hmm. of vitamin C out there. So it's in Thailand, same, same, but different. <laughs> yes. And now it's, it's another time to, to debunk some myths or just maybe provide some clarity. So oftentimes people will say that they heard that vitamin C and, and retinol deactivate each other. So that is the case if you're using L-ascorbic acid as your choice of vitamin C. And unfortunately, that is the most prevalent form of vitamin C in skincare today. So mm -hmm. if you don't have our vitamin C at home, which is ProCare Serum, and I do encourage you to go and check the ingredients on the back of your vitamin C serum. And if it's L-ascorbic acid, it is not a, great, <laughs> it's not a great choice overall for, for many reasons, but it definitely will deactivate retinol. You cannot use those two ingredients You know together. what I decided to do? I'm not going to go into a tangent why I believe L-ascorbic acid is the worst skin ingredient in mm -hmm. the world, probably created by the devil himself. Yes, <laughs> I believe that. But I also want to say that, that it is worse than having parabens in your skincare. It's worse than having, I don't know what, it's... Uh, genetic poison. Okay. It's genotoxic. But if you guys are interested, anyone who's listening, if you guys are interested, drop like the fact that you're interested in the comments, you know, again, review us on, on Apple podcasts or YouTube or anywhere you're listening to this podcast that has reviews and let us know that you want me to <laughs> go, to go a, on the deep dive. To, to go half hour uh, uh, tirade, but I'm not going to do it more. I'm going to okay. really okay. hold myself. But what I am going to say is that Again, there are, there are many, many different versions of, of vitamin C. The one that we recommend people to pair with retinol is uh, THD ascorbate. Uh, by the way, like 3% THD ascorbate is equivalent to like 18 to 24% L-ascorbic acid. So when you're seeing like, you know, these amazing skincare companies that have like 20% vitamin C, that's not really great for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that's a 20% of the product and you don't have a, a lot of room for other things like that. Okay. That's number one. So you're not actually getting a lot of active ingredients. You're, you know, just, yeah. that's the only active ingredient you're going to have there. And the second thing is that that is a very, very volatile molecule. So you're not getting 20%. You're getting 10, maybe, maybe seven. 
-hmm. On the other hand, THD ascorbate super, super stable. You're going to get that 3%. 3% again is better than 20% ascorbic acid anyway. But this is the vitamin C that we recommend to use with retinol. At the same time, Anastasia, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Depends who you ask again. Yes, exactly. So THD ascorbate is lipid soluble. So it will have that much deeper skin penetration. It is very gentle and it actually both all transretinol that we're using in our bioretinol is actually safe for rosacea prone skin, acne prone skin. And we even talked about how it's beneficial for acne and uh, THD ascorbate too. So if, even if you have rosacea prone skin, which usually the vitamin C would be a huge no-no, you can actually use THD ascorbate. And technically, clinically, THD ascorbate and by uh, all transretinol have been shown not to deactivate each other. And you can actually use them together. Now, that being said, I do encourage separate them for morning and night. So you can use the vitamin C in the morning and the retinol at night. I'm somebody with a very, very sensitive skin. And for me, I will feel the stinging sensation if I apply the two together. I'm a day here in general, as a guy has 25% thicker skin. So he doesn't feel it, so he can you use it. also get offended less easily, so I'm saying it's, <laughs> so, it's proven. Yes, so he can use it together. So you should really pay attention to your skin. Now, from our customers, I do know that we, we have ample amount of customers that use the, the ProCare, which is the serum that has our THD ascorbate, and the bioretinol, our uh, retinal formulation, together, and they're completely fine. We also have uh, amazing physicians, practitioners that, you know, prescribe and recommend our products. And I do know that they often recommend to use them together, but they have their patients, you know, uh, go through the, the retinal, yeah. Re yeah, retinizing first. So going back to that period where your skin acclimates to the retinol, again, if you're somebody with a very sensitive skin, you start using the retinol and you feel stinging sensation, it might be a good idea to pause vitamin C for now and, you know, until your skin fully adjusted. And then when your skin is adjusted to retinol, you can actually use the two together and it should not irritate at all. Amen. Just an uh, honorable mention, uh, MAP, uh, magnesium ascorbyl phosphate, yeah. water-soluble soluble vitamin C, incredible ingredient. The problem is, is that it's patented. So it's like super, super, super expensive. It's like 10 times more expensive than other forms of vitamin C. And that's why even if you see it on the shelf, you probably are getting very little of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are going to have it in a new serum. We have it in the BioC peptide spray. We're going to have it in a new serum in a few months. It's just like, it's, it's a really good one. It's just the price point of it is a deterrent. Also as a manufacturer, but also as obviously as a consumer. So honorable mention, MAP, vitamin C. But THD is something that you really want to look for. You want to look for about 3%. So just running through some key benefits of vitamin C, just so we have it. Brightening, anti-aging, redness reduction, and environmental protection. Because it also actually, so 3% or lower, higher, it's a different story, but has been shown to also help the skin deal with like blue light and UV radiation, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you want to actually use it in the morning. And especially if you have that uh, relationship with uh, retinol, where you're going to use retinol in the evening, 
Sure, vitamin C, yeah, yeah, is great to to prevent photo aging, and I think this is also uh, probably photo aging is when you ask me to take so many photos, I feel like I'm aging in place, right? That's what I mean. Yes, exactly, and that's why you should use vitamin C. Should it really I helps. Spray <laughs> vitamin C around, but that happens. Would it help? Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, I, I think that's a great also moment where I maybe can you know give some points of how to incorporate okay. the bioretinol. So. In the evening, we want you to cleanse and cleanse your skin and allow it to dry thoroughly. So you do not want to put retinol on damp skin. And for cleansing, make sure to use gentle face wash, not something abrasive, no salicylic acid or any other, you know, maybe scrubby, uh, no exfoliants. Skip no those. Scrubby. <laughs> scrubby. <laughs> scrubby uh, textures. But yes, just skip. Yeah, acids and exfoliants. You use a gentle wash, such as our adaptogenic cleanser, which is very gentle, doesn't strip your natural oils. Again, make sure your skin is dry, right? It's dry. You go ahead and apply a piece size of retinol. So a little goes a long way. You don't need to lather it. And ours, uh, because of biomimetic lipids, it feels so nourishing. You just want to, yeah, you just want to drip yourself with it. But piece size is more than enough. You know, basically one pump. Yes, and then after you apply retinol, I personally wait for it to absorb a little bit, and then I go with a layer of moisturizer. So I use the Care Moisturizer as, as my moisturizer of choice, and then for even better results, I apply a hyperbaric mask on top. Uh, if you have our hyperbaric mask, you know how hydrating and nourishing that is, and it just makes wonders. Uh, it pairs so well together. Mm-hmm. with the retinol. So hyperbaric mask has a tetrapeptide for it. It's a special collagen boosting peptide. Pro-collagen and, peptide. And it goes again hand in hand with the retinol, you know, using collagen and peptide, you know, supporting that function is, it, they just do, uh, you know, work in synergy there. And then the mask also has like soothing active ingredients that does help to calm down the skin if you're a little bit sensitive to the retinol. And then in the morning, make sure that you uh, use the vitamin C, THD ascorbate as your choice of a serum. So with the Angus, it will be Procare serum. And make sure that you don't forget to apply your BioShield SPF 40, your choice of non-nano, 100% mineral sunscreen, a little advertising moment here mm-hmm. for the BioShield. Um, yeah, so... I want to like stop and, and acknowledge a few things that you said. So you talked about like uh, Higo Pepap Four, which is the trademark name for the for the peptide that the mask uses. Mm-hmm. But the way that it does it, it actually elevates the activity of collagen genes, and that's something I think I, I really want to give some some airtime, really like super quick to epigenetics and skin renewal, and that's going to lead me back to the Procare Senolytic Serum. So basically, we've covered how we create better skin, younger, more youthful skin appearance. And that is by asking the skin to renew itself and giving it the building blocks to renew itself, right? Mm -hmm. But there is another piece, which is the recipe piece. So your DNA or genes are the recipe for how to do those things. As we grow older... There is a, a, that's a theory in, in aging that's called the loss of information theory, which means that your epigenetics are changing. Some of the information, the, the information of how to create the ultimate cell basically gets lost. 
so collagen genes, elastin genes, hyaluronic acid genes, LUM, which is like a super, super important gene to kind of use collagen, stuff like that, they just are becoming less and less active. And that means that even if we did all of that, even if we had, you know, the best retinol ever, the best vitamin C ever, whatever that is, we are still dealing with, with a, a recipe that is a little murky, that's hard to read. And that creates, again, mistakes in low quality of production. And that is why with ProCare, with the hyperbaric mask, mainly ProCare, but a hyperbaric mask, we've applied some of that magic as well. What we did was we've created what we call a genetic reboot, where we take those, again, 14 different genes, elastin, hyaluronic acid, collagen, and also genes that actually kind of are using them. And we've rewound them. I don't know if that's a, say rewound? Yeah. Rewinded. No, rewound. As you can see. Uh, both no, of us. Yeah, no, <laughs> English no. is the second language, but. Uh, we need someone here that we, actually speaks yeah. English. So I, I've butchered just, the Hawaiian. Just leave a comment. If, you're, if you hear us struggling, let us know. What's this episode, the... I butchered Hawaiian <laughs> and English. What is the proper past tense for rewind? Yeah, exactly. We'll okay. wait for your comment. We passed rewind. 14 different genes that are involved in what I said right now. And that is like the, the real perfect trio where we improve how, with what, and... And when. When. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. See, I need Anastasia for everything. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, this is as far as like why these two work so well, specifically bioretinol and ProCare. And, and that's why we also put them together in our biohack aging systems. Yeah. So if you will look at the standard, you have their, you know, the bioretinol, the ProCare, the care. Yeah. Um, One last thing I wanted to say is um, ProCare also kind of takes away the rowdy crowd, which we call senescent cells, zombie cells, cells that don't function correctly. They're a big part of what aging is. This is the only, guys, this is the only product in the world <laughs> that has been proven in vivo in humans that it eliminates senescent cells. If you ever see any other product say that it's a senolytic product that it eliminates senescent cells, in zombie cells in the skin, know that it was done in a Petri dish and that you can cure any kind of cancer in a Petri dish. So mm -hmm. well, uh, we, that doesn't yeah. count. We are very proud to, yes. to have a clinical data for that product. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you, of course. One of my favorite products, and indeed the product that started it all, the first product we ever released, is Care, which is an NAD-boosting moisturizer. And if you haven't heard about NAD, this is the most important molecule in our body uh, and is also called the fountain of youth. So what CARE does, it raises NAD levels in the skin. And not only that, it also uses enhanced resveratrol and nine other supporting ingredients, providing the ultimate fuel for your skin's regenerative processes to dramatically improve deeper lines, brightness, texture, and pores, aside from being a longevity supplement for your skin, making sure that your skin is healthy, vibrant, and looks amazing for many, many years to come. So uh, give care a chance. So some closing thoughts. We talked about best practices, how often to use precautions to ensure maximum benefits, 
maybe we can talk a little bit about like the future of skincare. You know, we talk a lot about new formulations and, and, and things like that. I don't see a replacement for retinol. Bakuchi oil is out there. Uh, sound to me like a Pokemon. I have to say it. I think that's a great time to read some of the questions Question. that we have. segment. Um, just let the, the future, it's not going away. Like retinol, vitamin C, maybe improvements in those molecules. Yeah. But these two molecules here to stay, they don't have alternatives. And they also should stay. They, they deserve to stay they deserve, there. They deserve. They're, you know, the scientific consensus is that they work. And all of the, the, the worries and uh, the hesitation and the potential negative side effects of retinol that we discussed, we discussed already why this could happen. And I hope that we gave practical advice of how to alleviate it, such as, you know, use it in conjunction with vitamin C, make sure you apply SPF mm -hmm. and, and really look. Lower sandwich uh, protocol. Yes. And, uh, and, and make sure also that you look for the best options, the best active forms, because as, you know, we spoke about, you can have like three, four, five different types of, you know, versions of retinol and uh, retinoic derivatives in your formulation. So look for all trans retinol. That's going to be the one that's going to help avoid all of the potential negative side effects we talked about. Similar, you know, for the vitamin C, you have the best option, the best um, version to use in conjunction and in general. So yeah. that, that plays a huge difference. Yeah. Another honorable mention, the calcium ascorbate we use in care. NAD boosting moisturizer, but that's not really that effective, to be honest with you. It's there for Is there to more support for, like, like NAD. Exactly, yeah. for but stabilizing not, our yeah. NAD complex. It's yeah. not a great one for like results. It's there for other things. Anyway, so Q&A segment. Yeah. Normally, obviously, we do it towards the end. I would like to say again, before we get to the Q&A, mm -hmm. this podcast as you can see, we're passionate about it. Now that you've got to meet to, to get to know Anast Anastasia a little bit, Anastasia mm -hmm. should be pronounced. You can see that this is our life. Uh, what we're doing here is not necessarily trying to have you buy all the Young Goose products. Uh, we're trying to share with you what we are passionate about and what we know that creates results. And that is why we create the Young Goose products. So this is just a service for you to have a product that at least if you like what you hear here, you know that we made it with those parameters in mind. But this podcast is really a free service for anyone to go ahead and do whatever they want with. The only way that this podcast is going to grow is if you uh, that is listening is going to review us, obviously recommend us to other people, but review us, give us five-star review. If you give us a five-star review, we give, we'll give you a five-star review. No, <laughs> Um, Just like an Uber. Exactly. No, but uh, uh, give us a five-star review and leave a question or anything like that in the review. And we promise that we will, if it's a good question, we'll answer it. If it's a bad question, we will shame you. No, we will, we will answer the questions. No question is too big or small in now. But the only way you will, you will be able to ensure that we answer that question is if you leave it in the review now we are going to talk about some common questions and questions that we got. And just to, to give Anastasia freedom to shoot them out, these questions were, or these questions were in pertaining to the question, why don't you use retinol? Exactly. And the first response we got 
is looking for something more natural. Yeah, so there is no, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to disappoint you. There is nothing more natural because this is literally a vitamin that your body makes in the liver, uses. This is a currency in the body, okay? So you cannot pay with something more natural than money. Well, actually, you can. Maybe you talk, you can pay with chickens or something. I don't know. But, uh, but for sure, yeah. uh, when, if you are concerned that this is very artificial and chemical and foreign to your body, you couldn't be more wrong because it is actually something that your body is the most familiar with, naturally going makes. To, going back to Pikachu oil, I'm kidding, to Bakuchi mm -hmm. oil, <laughs> the problems there is that there is like a very, again, there is no evidence that it actually works like retinol. There is no evidence. So every time you see like a retinol alternative, it, they don't exist, unfortunately. There is nothing that and replenish your, your long-term replenish vitamin A in the body, aside from retinoids, retinols, etc. And that is really what we're looking for. We're not looking for like quick renewal. We're looking for replenishment of vitamin A Easter's. For sure. Then another response we got is pregnancy and breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Now, this is absolutely correct. You shouldn't be using retinol during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Now, why is that? It's actually um, here to, to back up the, the previous statement that retinol is very natural. So vitamin A plays a vital role in fetal development, which means high levels of retinol may interfere with fetal development, which, you know, takes place. Specifically, oral use of retinoids significantly increases the risk, and fetal retinoid syndrome is a condition caused by taking retinoids during pregnancy. So, you know, we do want you to stay uh, cautious and avoid both oral and topical retinoid use while um, you're developing a baby. And, you know, there are actually many things you should put on hold while you're pregnant or breastfeeding. So that's one of them. Yeah. Then we have a statement Concerned over decades, it might thin out my skin, sensitize the skin to the sun, and impact barrier function. Well, if you listen to this podcast, that's not an issue anymore. Yeah. But, you know, just to, you know, recap, with the use of uh, vitamin C together, obviously not telescopic acid, but uh, other forms of vitamin C, and using sun protection and replenishing your skin barrier with lipids, etc., this is not a concern. Uh, actually, quite the opposite. So, again, I'm sh for that person specifically, I'm very glad that we, that we recorded this podcast, but yeah. For sure. And just a couple of more uh, responses that we got that they have been repeated multiple times. So mm -hmm. I do know people think about it and I, I want to make sure we address it. So a person said that they don't use retinol because they use tretinoin. Well, I mean, they, they do use retinol, but they, I mean, they use a different form of vitamin A. Mm -hmm. So a few things about that. That's fine. If you do, do that and it works well for you, remember that science we have a joke that retinol is science, but uh, science has shown us that uh, frequency is more important than potency when we talk about retinol. So just bear that in mind. If you can use retin uh, tretinoin every 24 hours, first of all, wow, who are you? But also, this is really what we want. As, as Anastasia said, this retinoic acid survives in the skin in an active form for less than 24 hours. So optimally, optimally, we want to replenish that activity every 24 hours. So frequency trumps potency. But if you are using tretinoin, 
and you're using it often and it works great for you, fantastic. Continue doing that. For sure. And one more very common response we got is, I don't know how to use it and I don't know which one to buy. And I, and I can definitely imagine how using retinol can be intimidating. So I do hope that those guidelines, tips and tricks we provided in this uh, episode really does equip you with knowledge of how to use it. And I hope it's been practical. And if you don't know which one to get, I hope you will check out the bioretinol by Anthos. Yes. Do you want it to maybe to close it out? Just, um, you know, how to introduce it starting with twice a week? Yeah, we well, I, I did talk about it earlier here in the episode, but I can reiterate and say that when you introduce retinol, it's really good to go long and slow. So start twice a week, see how your skin feels. If there is no redness, no skin tenderness, no sensitivity, next week, go ahead and add one more night. So now you're using it every other night, three times a week. Monitor your skin. If you still have no stinging sensation, no redness, no peeling, you can go ahead and up and add one more day. Now, if you didn't encounter peeling and redness, that is normal. This is your skin acclimation process to the retinal ingredient. So to push through, it's very important to keep using retinol at least every 72 hours because if you stop and you take a pause, you have to start over again. So because that acclimation process takes anywhere between two to six weeks, that's, again, it's totally normal. So to help and ease into it, make sure you use hydrating products. So make sure you use moisturizers. We talked about sandwich technique where you can apply a layer of moisturizer before the retinol and then layer of moisturizer after. If you have hyaluronic acid serum, make sure you utilize that. If you have our BioBerry serum, very good to use it. And you can pause the vitamin C for the time of retinization, just not to sensitize the skin. But after you push through, make sure that vitamin C is, is another ingredient that you use in conjunction with retinol. So best case, if you're already somebody who had sensitive skin, Use the vitamin C in the morning, retinol at night, and then in the morning also always apply SPF to protect your skin from the sun because retinol does make your skin a little bit more photosensitive. Correct. Anyway, there you go. Thank you, everyone. This was a significantly, I mean, that was an hour and 17 minutes we've been talking already. I mean, we, we owed it to anyone who uses retinol and bioretinol, tretinol, whatever. This podcast was long coming because we do get a lot of questions about retinol. And, and while we can talk about science for another hour and two hours and three more hours, we really try to address all of the questions we get and concerns. And most importantly, we hope that it was practical for you. We hope that now you understand the benefits that retinol have to offer. We hope that you know what is the best practice around it, how to use it. And we really hope that this was uh, not just interesting and entertaining, but uh, useful. We hope that yeah. um, you feel like you learned something and it was a good use of your time. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Thank you, Anastasia. Remember to leave a comment and a review and um, obviously tell everyone that you think would be able to use this information to tune into our podcast. Um, but until next time, 
I was Amitai, I, I am still Amitai. <laughs> and this is Anastasia Khojaeva. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye.